cut out the extra. Show no mind? Okay, just go ahead. Do this up here. Says over from the Brisa, uh, from from the Mishnah that the Mishnah says Mishimis Rabbi Batcha Anava Vieraschit. The Gemara says Amar Vieraschit Tano Letesni Anava the Ika Anna, which seems like a strange thing to say. Yosef says that don't be garish in the Mishnah that once Rabbi died, then Anava was bottle. He says because he's basically saying that I'm still around, therefore Anava is still me that it exists. So the Marsha is Ma'ari here that this doesn't sound like something you expect an Amir to say. Marsha says that Lamaisa, because of the fact that he's correct Nigersa, and even though this isn't. Because of the fact that uh, he had to maintain the correct, um, the correct wording of the Mishnah, then it was still, uh, it's still something that should be said. And therefore, he told the, the scribe to fix the way the Mishnah should be said over. And uh, on the second part of the mission, the same thing. Amalav Nachman Latano Latisni Yerashchit Deikana, and same thing. Hadlan Lachag Orufa Slikom Sachasaita. Hadlan Lachag Sachasaita. Ajchlan Datan Lachag Sachasaita. Datan Lachag Nisshemi Nachman Sachasaita. Vlasishemi Nachman Lom Amad Din Lom Amad Asay. Hadlan Lachag Sachasaita. Vajchlan Datan Lachag Sachasaita. Vedatan Lachag Nisshemi Nachman Sachasaita. Vlasishemi Nachman Harnon <laughs> Shanmashkim <laughs> Kohat <laughs> <laughs> 
The Pasuk in Parsons Vayachi says, Midei Avir Yaakov Misham Raya Eben Yisrael. Um, in Yaakov Avinu's bracha to Yosef, um, the, the Pasuk says, from the mighty hands of Yaakov, from there, shepherds the stone of Yisrael. Um, this phrase, Evan Yisrael, stone, the stone of, of Israel, Rashi says the word Evan is actually a combination of the words Avu Ben. Um, Uncle says, Avos Uvnin, fathers and sons. And uh, it seems that uh, whatever idea was trying to be expressed by Yaakov Avinu is that this, uh, this, this uh, unit of a father and son together, there is a level where they become so close and there's so much shared in common that they become merged into one word, an Evan, a rock. And um, the Gemara says in Bavakama, a few places I think the, there's a phrase, Avos Mechlaldi Katoldos, that when there's a father, it's implicit that there are there's offspring, there's children, there's something that comes out of it. The Gemara discusses whether Tildasin Kayotzi Behen, Tildasin Lav Kayotzi Behen are the, uh, the products of the father similar to them or not similar to them. Um, so I thought it would be appropriate that tonight, it's the uh, seventh yard side of my father's Chanad Racha, and uh, it's almost the first yard side of my grandfather, Chanad Racha. It's actually, I think, about 12 months since we have a leap year, so almost like the yard site. And. Um, for a person like my grandfather, um, it only, it's not just understandable, but it's implicit that a person as great as he was and as unique and uh, all the qualities that he had, that that Mechaldika told us that something came of it. And I think the same way we could say the other way, that a person like my father, Zichon Racha, you look at him, you see that he came from somewhere. And uh, um, definitely, something which I think we could refer to as an Evan Yisrael, a stone, a, a unit of a father and son. Um, the attributes, the integrity, the asterisk that we've been speaking about for many years about my father, obviously, came from somewhere. And the asterisk of my grandfather went somewhere, created something. And uh, it's appropriate tonight that we observe both, uh, you know, uh, we're here for memory of both of them together, um, that we could, uh, we could look back and we could see that. Um, together, the two of them for about 25 years, 
together in Atlanta, besides for just running a business together, but they were involved in establishing institutions, building institutions, and helping others, stuck on chesed, many things which we don't even know about. Um, and uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that as the, uh, as the theme of tonight. Um, and I would, uh, other thing, just a public service announcement, we put out another Safer Pnei Moshev, the Divrei Torah we've been sending out for the last couple of years. They're available on the table in the back. Um, and I would like to, uh, again, tonight we have this chus of having Rabbi Geldworth here from, from uh, there's a town in New York called Brooklyn in which everyone from out of that town is called, appropriately so, appropriately so out-of-towners. Um, and uh, Rabbi Geldworth, with uh, a tremendous amount of mysterious nefesh in many, many different ways, agreed to come here tonight. And it's a big chus to have a Talmud Chacham of his stature with us. And um, I want to thank everyone for coming, and I think Rabbi Feldman. So uh, good evening, everyone. And I first want to acknowledge uh, the fact that uh, Mrs. Faye Ezrael is not here, but she'll be listening to the proceeds by recording. Uh, and also can acknowledge the presence of Michal Ezrael, uh, two ladies who have continued the partnership that they began with their husbands and um, we see the effects of their work every single day in the kind of families that they raise and the kind of, uh, kinds of Torah mitzvahs that go on. And may you both be given tremendous koach to continue, continue the partnership and the work that you've undertaken. Um, uh, I want to just take another minute before we hear uh, what we came for, which is to hear Rabbi Gelderoth. Uh, but um, it's, it's appropriate that we pause for a moment to appreciate the difference that uh, one family can make in a community and the, the kind of leadership that Abe provided just by the way he lived his life. He didn't take on being a leader. He didn't say, I want to lead. He simply took on various aspects of Yiddishkeit together with Faye Tabata Lachayim, grew a family, raised a family of B'nai Torah, and absolutely stood for the fact that there is a Torah, that there is a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that there's Kedusha, and that a family in Atlanta, Georgia, can be raised according to the guidelines of Torah and mitzvahs. And it's an amazing thing, Baruch Hashem, what has come out of that stand for the, uh, for the community. A handful of people like Abe and Faye really are the underpinnings of everything that has gone on uh, since then. They've shouldered so much responsibility and so much nobility of the Torah itself. So it's really something that we are all indebted to. And uh, it's very appropriate that we gather to acknowledge the yard side today of our dear Abe, Allah Shalom, and certainly uh, of uh, Moshe Ezra, Allah Shalom. Um, I want to say that my wife and I had the privilege a few years ago uh, of uh, spending uh, about uh, eight or nine days together with Rabbi Geldworth. Uh, on the trip through Eastern Europe. And um, uh, somewhere in the middle of the trip, I left orders that Rabbi Geldworth was not allowed to open his mouth if I wasn't in the room. Because uh, what came out of his mouth was such gold that I didn't want ever to be, uh, to be in, uh, in, abs- in, ab- in absentia while he spoke. Um, not only is a, is a Talmud Chacham of the highest caliber, he is somebody who has spent his life immersed in the details of the gedolim of our previous generations, so that when he talks about them, they come alive. And we can see how the Torah has transformed these people and the kind of difference they made simply from hearing from Rabbi Geldworth. 
So it's really a pleasure and an honor to hear from the Rav. Thank you very much for making the time and the effort to be here. It's a personal treat, and it's uh, certainly going to be a treat for our community. Welcome. Bereshus the Rav Shlita, Bereshus Rabbanim Chavri Hakaylo Rabbeim in town, and of course the Achsanya Mishpachas Ezra. I'm a stranger to town, and I unfortunately didn't have the privilege of knowing the two people whose memories are coinciding tonight, Yartzeit and Hakamas Matzeva. Uh, but I've heard a great deal. Uh, I, Baruch Hashem, have uh, a close attachment to members of the Mishpacha, particularly Yehuda Meir. And uh, sometimes uh, the Chidush Rim says that Shira, when you write a Shira in the Torah, it's written, Arecha Gabi Leveno. That means it's in brick form, and there are spaces that are missing. So the difference between prose and poetry is the unsaid. The unsaid is the essence of the song. And in much that I've heard between the lines of Yehuda Meir talking about his father and grandfather, I have a certain sense that I missed out not knowing such people, but understand every word that Ref Feldman just said. I'm thinking... Uh, Yehuda just spoke. Uh, Yeshua made a scene. The Maral had a brother, Reb Chaim. He wrote a sefer called Sefer Chaim. And in it he has another translation of what Hadran Alach means. Our normal translation is Hadran Alach, let us return to you. From the word Lahada Achrei. And he says, Hadran Alach means the beauty of the Masechta is upon you. There's a symbiotic relationship between learning Torah and the person who learns the Torah. They reflect the beauty off each other. And that's the essence of a, uh, according to Rab Chaim's, uh, Rab Chaim, the brother of the Maral, of the concept of making a Hadran. Yehuda mentioned beautifully Evan. The Gemara says at the end of Ksubis, if you don't mind, I just want to respond to what they said before I uh, address the topic. The Gemara at the end of Mesechtis Ksubis says something remarkable. It talks about a Havas Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> so it says, Rab Abba Noshak Kipi de Akko. Rab Abba kissed the stones of Akko, the city of Akko. Rab Chanina Misakin Miskli. Rab Chanina would fix the potholes. And that shows how much they loved the, the land. Ask the Marsha, fixing potholes shows that you love the land. Every municipality does that. You have a pothole, you have to fix it. It's not because you love it. Kissing stones is a different thing, but fixing potholes? So he says, yes, they fix potholes differently in Eretz Yisrael. Normally, when you fix uh, broken roads, you come in with a backhoe and with a dump truck 
and you take all the rubble and you put it on the back of the truck and you haul it away. Not so Reb Hanina. He took all the stones that Rababa kissed that had fallen out of the pavement. He kissed them and he took them and repaved with those old stones. Can't throw out any stones in Eretz Yisrael. We'll reuse them. I think Yehuda Meir, by introducing the evening, speaking about a father and a son, and that's Evan, also is implying that nothing is thrown out. To hold on, to cherish what you have from your father, from your grandfather, and to rebuild families in Mitzvah Hashem, new families, Kenei Nahara, there'll be Simchas and Shaduchim, and they'll be building with those old stones in Mitzvah Hashem. If I may, I, I was given a topic, and I understand that the, uh, the subjects of, of tonight's of tonight's Hilula, they emp- they embodied the topic of of Yashras. There's an extraordinary there was an extraordinary tshuva responsum that was written by Rabbi Eliezer Moshe Horowitz. He was one of the great Ga'inim in Lita. And he asks uh, an extraordinary question. The Torah, our acceptance of the Torah, our fealty to the Torah, our fidelity to the Torah is based on our promise of Nasib and Ishma. But who says you have to keep your word? It says that in the Torah. So isn't this circular? I promise to keep my promise. I promise to keep the Torah that says that you have to keep your promise. But what tells you that you have to keep that promise of Nasib and Ishma in the first place? How, do, how does the whole thing start? That's his question. So he answers something that I think speaks to the heart of tonight's theme. The Pasuk, the Pasuk that, that was quoted from Shloyma HaMelech in the in the uh, program is Re'ezem Matsasi Asha Oso Helekim Esa Adam Yosha Vehema Bikshu Cheshbainas Rabim Hakadishbahu created man just, upright, straight, correct, but they became twisted in their pursuits of Cheshbainas Rabim the pursuits of life, calculations, machinations that corrupted man from being the yashar, how he was once created. That's the pasuk. Two interesting uh, expressions in the pasuk that I wanted to speak about. First, it says, Asha osa ho elikim esa adam. We are accustomed to two names for Hashem. One is Yudke Vavkev, which is Midas HaRachamim. And the other one is Elokim, which is Midas HaDin. This week's Pasha, we learned it yesterday. Hashem Elokim Ata HaChilaisa, says Rashi, Rachum Badin. Because Elokim means Din. So this that HaKadosh Baruch that Hashem created man, Yashar, that's created with the name Elokim, that means it must be. It's not charitable on the part of HaKadosh Baruch It's a must. It's part, it's part of creation. 
The second Lushen, which is not difficult, but I think it requires some understanding, is the Lushen Asa. Not Yotzar, fashioned, like it says in Chumash, but Asa, he made. Let me go back to Rebbe Leza Maisha Horowitz's question, and then he says, there has to be a basic understanding that a person has to keep his word. Obviously, because of my question that Nasa Vanishma wouldn't work, because Nasa Vanishma, I have to keep it, I've bound myself, but it only says that you have to keep your word in the Torah, and that's the thing I'm accepting now. His question, he says, obviously my question can't be correct, because otherwise the whole thing doesn't start. There's no Torah, there's no acceptance. So he says, the acceptance lies in the fact that a human being has to keep his word. He has an extraordinary language. He says, The promise that a person has committed himself to do what he promised to others, he says, if he did it in the proper form, that predates the Torah. It's basic to being part of creation, that a man has to keep his word. Perhaps that's another type of derech eretz Otherwise he's not a human being. I think perhaps that's in the Elikim, in the in the Asha also Elikim as Adam Yoshar. The Yoshar is that he has to keep his word. That's part of creation. But what I want to share with you tonight is the meth, the methods of creation. We don't talk about that. Hashem created us, right? But there's something more in the Asa. I think we were all taught in yeshiva and in school that there are two stages in the creation of a human being's full personality. He has two parts. He has a Yetzir HaTov and he has a Yetzir Hara. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin and the Medrash and Kahelas say that the Yetzir Hara enters a person from the moment of birth. A Pesach Chatos Reivetz. From the moment of birth, the Yetzir Hara enters. When does the Yetzir HaTov enter? So in Ovis the Rav it says, that the Yetzir Toiv enters at the Bar Mitzvah. When? At the Bar Mitzvah. Which is amazing. Because how does a child do anything that's good if he's walking around only with a Yetzir Hara without a Yetzir Hatov? It's amazing. There are many questions. The famous Rambam in Hilchas Gerishin, where the Rambam says that the basic nature of man is to do what Hashem wants. How's that his basic nature? If his basic nature starts with a Yetzir Hara. And not a Yetzir HaTov. So I tripped upon a Piskei HaTosvis. The Toisvis on Shas have, have uh, redacted conclusions for Halacha that was written by one of the Balei HaTosvis. I think some scholars say maybe even by the Torah. And it's called Piskei HaTosvis. And we don't always have the Toisvis that the Piskei HaTosvis is on. Here's a Piskei HaTosvis that's freestanding in Mesechtas in the Durham. And it says something incredible. Listen to the Lashon. Yetzatayv nitan b'mei imai. A person receives his Yetzatayv 
during the nine months of gestation, because in the womb, the child knows kol and when he's born, nichnas We learned in the Gemara. And this Yetzirah drives the Yetzirah out. Until he matures and becomes wise. You notice it doesn't say the Lashen Bar Mitzvah. Yud Gimel Shana. So what we have is like this. A human being is created with the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah exiles the Yetzirah HaTov at the moment of birth, and then it returns when he's what's called Mispakeach, when he becomes educated, smart, wise. It's a Chiddush Nifla. It's very original, because ostensibly it's not like the Gemara. The Gemara says the Yetzirah comes at birth, the Yetzirah HaTov comes at Bar Mitzvah. And here we find out that the Yetzirah HaTov returns, and it doesn't use the word Bar Mitzvah, Mispakeach. Everyone knows. And some of us have been told that the mark on our top of our lips is related to that Gemara, that a Malach comes and taps a child when he comes out into this world and makes him forget all the learning that he did, that he learned with a Malach. And the question begs. The Alshech asks the question, the Vilna Goyne asks the question, Malach Satara. What's the purpose of learning to be forgotten. What's the purpose of it? It just sounds like a futile waste of time. Secondly, I heard that that Rab Chaim Kenevsky has pondered whether girls have a malach. I once said the girls have a malach and they teach them Mechtav Melio. <laughs> but he... He ponders, is it the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, which the girls don't have, or not? Or the halachas that they eventually have to know, which has nothing to do with the mitzvah of learning, but the mitzvah of keeping mitzvahs. I think what we're, this Pisgah Hattaisus may help us. What's happening during the nine months of gestation, when the embryo is growing? All his systems are developing. His nervous system, his skeletal system, his digestive system. Everything's growing. Everything's developing. Today we can, we can watch it on, on ultrasound. It's amazing. Ein toiv elatayra. The Gemara tells us that there is no concept of toiv. There is no concept of ethics. There's no concept of morality. And I don't even have to make a case for that in today's world. There is no concept outside of the parameters of Torah. Ain't Torah el A human being is being created without a system of Torah, without being a good person? Can't be. So the purpose of the child's learning during those nine months is not so he should have the academic knowledge of Torah. It's because ain't Torah that his, he should have the system. It should be part of his DNA that he's a Torah, that he's good. 
that he's kind, that he's just, that he's fair. Now, the learning for the purpose of academic learning, the purpose of learning for learning, that's a second enterprise. That has to happen on his own, not with a malach. And that happens a second time around. And therefore, whenever he goes to yeshiva and hears something from his parents or from his rebbe or from his teacher that's moral, that's good, that fits to the Torah, he's being mispakeach. He recalls what he once heard. The Vilna Gaon says in Mishlei that three malachim, not two, everyone knows two malachim, din v'chashbin, but there's a third malach, the Vilna Gaon says, that comes and greets a person as he's about to leave this world. And that's the same malach that taught him Torah and says, I'm testing you now. What do you remember from what I taught you? Because you were supposed to learn it all over again on your own in this world. But the first learning is to create the tov in the person. So therefore the Vilna Gaon's question of why we learn, it's not futile. And do girls learn? Of course. Because ain't taira. Because it's not an academic learning. It's the learning to become a mensch. I think that we have found out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, makes us, He creates us, the Osa, the Elikim Osa Esa Adam, the Osa or Elikim Esa Adam. How is that Asiya? What's the method? The method is through learning. First, the Malach. And then in life, we have a ve- another interesting lashon. Everyone quotes the following Gemara in Sanhedrin. Kol hamelamid is ben chaveiroi taira, mala olav akosuf keilu yeladoi. That's one Gemara in Sanhedrin, but there's another one at the other end. That's not a few tests, but on daft tzaddik test. There's another Gemara. Kol hamelamid is ben chaveiroi taira, mala olav akosuf keilu osohu. He made him. Elikim, Hashem, also Elikim Esau Adam the first time around through Torah. And the Rebbe the second time around again through Torah. So how do you become a Yashar? Through Torah. So therefore, Rabbi Lezer Moshe Horowitz's Chakira, one second, the mensch has to tell the truth because that's basic. That has to be part of his it's intrinsic in his DNA to be able to tell the truth. But it sounds for a moment that that's outside of Torah. But it's not based on this piske hataisvis. That's, that's the method of creation. The world was created that way. Histakil beraiso bara alma. Baruch peered into the Torah, used it as a blueprint, and he created the world. So all of our creation is through Torah. And certainly when the Torah is pristine and clean, then the person will be Yashar. But once they came and landed on this planet and they start making their own calculations that are outside of the parameters of Torah, then all the problems begin because Yasha departs. The Ramban says in the Pasuk, Vayihi Bishurun Melech. 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shehoi Melech Al Yisrael Behiyosem Yisharim Bahi Bishuran Melech the juxtaposition of Melech and Yisharim is HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be our king because we're Yisharim and he says that that's the essence of Kabbalah's oil Malchus Shemayim Yashras is what gives us the ability, the platform to be Makabal Oil Malchushmaim. Rav Broya Zechatzadik Lavracha, back in that little town that I come from, used to say when New York Jewelry became very busy with Galat Kasha. He used to say, Galat Kasha? What's with Galat Yosha? <laughs> no Shilas? What does Galat Kasha mean? No Shilas. Well, no Shilas asked on this piece of meat. What about Yosha? Do I have a head? Would this be fair? Yosha. I want to share a story with you that Rabbi Wine, Zolzangi Zutenstark, tells. Rabbi Wine was, for a long time, the rabbi in charge of the OU's Kashrus division. And he followed Rabbi Rosenberg, of, of, of great fame in his day. In 1972, when there was the oil embargo, the Iranian crisis with the Shah and all, for the people my age who remember that, there were a few companies that were going out of business. They simply couldn't survive. They happened to have been candy companies that needed petroleum, and they were going out of business. Rabbi, Rosen, Rabbi Wine was giving a heksha to a few companies, one in Texas that had its own petroleum, and the other ones that were importing from Iran that were slowly closing down. So when he came for a visitation, for Kashras, the owner said to him, Rabbi Wine, I think this will be your last visit because we're not going to make it through the winter. We're closing down. So he said, you sure? He said, absolutely, I can't do it. So he had a crazy idea. He called up the competitor in Texas and said to him the following, I want to ask you a question. Do you have enough business? This is more than I can handle. He said, if you have more than you can handle, I'm asking you to sell petroleum to company XYZ. I don't know the name. He said, what? That's my competitor. He said, so what? You have enough business. What do you care? You know how many workers they have? How many families? How many customers? You can't even handle more. He was a Gentile, the owner of this business in Texas. And he said to Rabbi Wine, it's a crazy request, but I'll do it on one condition, that you promise me that Rabbi Rosenberg in heaven will know. <laughs> this Gentile, Lahavdil, was so taken and impressed by Rabbi Rosenberg all the years that he did the kashras that all he wanted, 
That's what his heaven consisted of. He's a Gentile. He has some religion, no. I didn't hear any of the apostles. I didn't hear any of the saints mentioned. Lahavdil. He said, just tell me that Rabbi Rosenberg will know. Because to him, that meant the epitome of Yashar. And I want to impress him. He's not alive, so let me impress him in heaven. Tell me he'll know. That's who we're supposed to be. There's a story that might be floating around, and um, I can't uh, let the cat out of the bag, but there's a song that's being composed about this story. So I'm going to get the first, uh, first grab. Some of you might know it. Right after the war, in uh, communist-controlled Romania, the Alta Skalene Rebbe Zechatzadik Levracha lived with extraordinary Messiris Nefesh. And part of his Messiris Nefesh was that he found a method of how to bake some matzahs. And some of the ma- and he had a, a bare minimum. And in his neighborhood was also in Romania there, also all fugitives from the war and stuck behind the Iron Curtain was the Alta Vizhnitzer Rebbe, Rabbi Chaim Meir, for those who know the pedigree of Vizhnitz. Rabbi Chaim Meir had his two sons, Rabbi Maishinu, who was the father of today's Vizhnitzer Rebbe in Nebrak, and Rabbi Matala, who was the Rebbe in Muncie, who was just Nifta. And I'm not sure which son, I think Rebbe Maishinu, came to the Skalana Rebbe to ask for matzah for his father. The Skalana Rebbe said, okay. And he gave him a matzah. He said, no, my father asked for three. So he said, that's, that's, I can't do that. He said, my father insists. The Skalana Rebbe, who was just Nifta, the son of the Skalana Rebbe who was uh, in charge, was, was quite understandably annoyed. But he couldn't turn down the vision of the Rebbe, but it meant that maybe somebody won't have. And it's not fair. So he reluctantly, annoyedly gave it to him. I'm sure being the Skalana Rebbe, he didn't say anything, but he, he harbored annoyance. A few minutes before the Pesach Seder, Rabbi Moshinyu, the son of the, that, the then vision of the Rebbe, shows up. And he hands him back to Matzis. He says, what do you mean? I thought you needed them. He said, I did. So what are you giving them back for? Tell me the truth. Does your father have Matzis? Because I know the skull and the Rebbe, and he gave out even his own Matzis. So my father took three to save two for your father. And now the Skalan Rebbe also had matzah for Pesach. His own matzahs that he had given away that came back to him. That's Yashar. It's just so right. It's so decent. It's so right. It's so full of Torah. Not academic Torah. There's no halacha that was quoted. It's just right. 
I was struck. The Ravid in Hilchas Maisa Sheni has a lotion. Zehu derech hayosha be'enai. He liked the halacha. Va'orevli, and it's sweet to me. It's yosha, and it's sweet to me. I was thinking. There's a pasuk in Malachi. The pasuk is very interesting. V'yoshav mitzarev umetahe kesef v'tihe b'nei Levi v'zikak oisam kizohav v'chesef v'hoyu lahashem magishe mincha. And then begins our haftarah for Shabbos Hagadol. V'arva lahashem minchas Yehuda v'yushalayim. Going back to the beginning. What is this Pesukim talking about? Chazal say, V'yoshav mitzoreif umetaher, which the Pesukim is talking about, a silversmith, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does it have to do with HaKadosh Baruch Hu being a silversmith and purifying metal? What does it mean? So I once heard the following mushal. A woman had some silver that she needed to be refashioned. So she went to a silversmith. And she was watching him working near the kiln. And he was holding on a long, uh, I don't know how you call it. Tongues. Tongues. He was, he was holding the silver. Thank you. And it was in the flames. And she was talking to him and she said, wow, when, uh, when are you taking it out? He says, soon, soon. She says, how do you know when to take it out? He says, soon, soon. And at some point, he pulls it out. She says, why'd you pull it out at that moment? Why not a minute earlier? He said, a minute earlier, the impurities would still be there. He said, why not a minute later? It would melt. So how do you know the exact moment? He says, I look, and when I see my reflection, I know that that's the moment to take it out. Says the Baal HaMashal, whoever that was, wise man. HaKadosh Baruch who sits like a silversmith, Kaviyachal, and he has us in his flames. And those flames are gullus. And if he takes us out a minute earlier, we come out without it, with our impurities. And if he takes us out a minute too late, we won't be there. So how does he know when to take us out? When he sees his reflection in the silver, in us. Lahagid ki yosha Hashem. Hashem is yosha. And when he sees in us yosha, that's the moment to take us out. All of this comes through one way or another through Tyra. There's a new Pnei Maisha on the table. Everything I heard about Reb Maisha was kulay, kulay, kulay limud from his library to his notes to the, to the wonderful family he raised. 
if someone is so, so imbued with Torah, is it a question, the Yashvas? And then there's the natural, besides the academic Yashvas that he took for himself, his father's Yashvas, which was just so natural, just so part of his DNA. Will Rabbi Rosenberg in heaven know? To see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's reflection in us. L'Hagid Ki Yosha. I'm here tonight because I became in the last uh, year somewhat nocturnal chavrusis with uh, Yehuda Meir on the phone. Don't ask us what Masech did we learn. We ourselves don't know, but we learn a lot together. V'chol banayich limude Hashem. It was a great guy in Poland by the name of Rabbi Shila Kutna. And he asked, V'chol banayich limude Hashem? That's not correct Hebrew. It should be V'chol banayich loimdei Hashem. Students of Hashem. Not limudim. Limudim means subjects, topics. So he says that the Nesivas brings that sometimes people who make their lifestyles sin, so they become one with the sin. They embody sin. So they're not called chotim, they're called chatoim. Lahavdal, the same thing is true for the good. A ben is not a loimeid, that's a student. You can take a course in the university on Talmud 1.2, or survey of Tanaitic literature. There are courses like that. I don't even know if that's called a lomate, but maybe. But you have to become a limud. You have to see the reflection in the person. The hadran alach, the beauty of the mesecht in the person. You have to be able to see the reflection in the silver. B'chol b'nayich limudei Hashem. B'chol b'nayich limudei Hashem. Baruch Hashem, Ramayisha Wazaycha, to such sons. I'm not going to embarrass him by calling him by his Hebrew name, so AJ. Yudameya, Yaakov, Yeshua. Wonderful daughters, sons-in-law. What a mishpacha. Eishas Chayil, Reb Moshe, who are our hosts tonight. And somehow everything under the special gaze and of Rav Feldman, Zalzayn Gizun Stark, generationally have made this, this town, this city, this extraordinary kehillah, this extraordinary kehillah, what a schuss it was today to walk through the halls of the shul. It's more than a shul. I don't like to use the word center because it means something else in New York, but it's a center with the heartbeat. The kailu, the base medrash, not far away. My wonderful Achsanya, Rav Neuberger, and his yeshiva. Wow, what a kiddush Hashem. We New Yorkers, with our hubris, 
should come down here and see how much is done. You know what's done? Hopefully, the Yashras, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees his reflection in us. So, Zayim Le'ilu Nishmasai. to make a bracha, look at this farm. Thank you all for coming. Yeah. 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 Yeah.